I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another knee by Stafford. The benches will empty. And the clock kick down will start from 30. And the Rams have won a riveting NFC Championship game. The Rams, who made big moves with big names and took a big gamble, have gotten a huge, huge payoff. They're going to the Super Bowl, and they're going to take on the surprising Cincinnati Bengals two weeks from tonight here in Los Angeles in Super Bowl 56. A 31-yard attempt for Cincinnati. Snap, placement, McPherson, kick on the way. It's good! McPherson! Knocks it through, and the fairy tale continues for the Cincinnati Bengals. They are going to the Super Bowl. This is the Parkins Playoff Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's voice of the fan for over 30 years now, and Odyssey Station. Good morning. Let's do this. I am Danny Parkins with you for the next two hours as we just. Get ready for the Super Bowl because we are still six and a half hours from kickoff, but pregame has been going on seemingly for the last six and a half days, weeks, months. It's a bittersweet time. You know, if you love football, if the NFL is your number one, like it is for me, uh, this is a weird Super Bowl because... The Rams were here four years ago, but with a different quarterback, so it feels new. The Bengals are obviously very new. It's a week later. Selection Sunday is only a month away. So it's just uh, it's a little bit later on in February, but we finally got here. And it sucks that there is no football for the next six months or so. So I'm, you know, I'm a little bummed by that sort of thing. But I expect an interesting matchup, but I do not necessarily expect a close game. I Here's how I think the game is going to go. And keep in mind, I went 0-13 on my bets last year. It was a spectacular accomplishment. I don't think I can replicate it because I think what happened last year was a statistical improbability. One of my best friends got two holes in one in the same round of golf. I believe that is slightly more likely to happen than going 0-13 on your bets. So feel free, as always, to take this with a grain of salt or bet against it. And this isn't necessarily a gambling show. I also want to say, while we'll have a couple of my buddies, uh, Ben Heisler on in 40 minutes from BetSided and Nick Wright on in an hour, from Fox Sports 1 and First Things First. This will be the only portion of the Super Bowl pregame coverage on the score today where you can have your voice heard. So I'm happy to talk to you this fine Sunday at 312-644-6767. There's some Aaron Rodgers news out there that we can relate to. I've got some thoughts on which of these teams the Bears have the better chance of becoming that we'll get into in a little bit. But just brass taxed how I see the game going. The Bengals are not that good. They're just, they're good, they're playing well, they have some magic to them, 
they have some seriously high-end talent, right? Jamar Chase is arguably already a top five receiver in football. 1,400-plus yards, double-digit touchdown season. Reminds me of Odell Beckham Jr. in his prime. He can take a six-yard slant, 60 yards to the house. He is arguably a top-five receiver in football. Joe Burrow is Joe Cool. Unflappable, played in the biggest games, single-handedly transforming a franchise. Hendrickson and Bates on defense are very good players. T. Higgins is a very good number two receiver. Joe Mixon is a very good running back. But they lost seven regular season games. They beat the Raiders by seven in a low-scoring game. They got sacked nine times against the Titans, and if it wasn't for three Ryan Tannehill turnovers, would have lost that game. And it took an unbelievable sequence of events for them to beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Not that it was a fluke, just that it would be tough to replicate the number of things that went wrong in the last 31 minutes of that game for the Chiefs for them to collapse and for the Bengals to come back and win. So while they are obviously good and they have high-end talent, I do not think they are as good 1-53 through as the Rams. And then everything else I think is in the Rams' favor. I think coaching is in the Rams' favor. I think experience is in the Rams' favor. Obviously, home field, for whatever you think that is worth, is in the Rams' favor. And then, in the trenches, obviously, the Rams' defensive line is such a mismatch for the Bengals' offensive line. Rams were a top-three pressure team in the NFL this year. Bengals were a bottom three pressure allowed team in the NFL this year. That is a huge mismatch. And then, whether it is, we don't know yet how Jalen Ramsey is going to be deployed against Jamar Chase, but we know that he's going to get him some. He has been shadowing number one receivers and uh, going left, right, you know, both sides of the field more since week 12 than he did the first 11 weeks of the season. He shadowed Mike Evans, who's a very different type of receiver than Jamar Chase, but he shadowed him on 69% of the snaps that he was on the field. So he's not going to be on Jamar Chase 100% of the time, but if he's even on him 50% of the time, that's a massive, massive problem for the Bengals because he's the best cornerback in football. And the best receiver or a top five receiver can beat the number one corner in the NFL because it's an offense-driven league, of course. But if, let's say, 50% of the snaps, the number one offensive weapon of the Bengals has to go against the number one corner in the NFL, it's reasonable to assume that he is going to have some of his success mitigated, Jamar Chase being that someone. So the things that the Bengals are weak at protecting Joe Burrow, the Rams excel at, and the biggest strength of the Bengals' offense, Jamar Chase, the Rams, in theory, have the number one player in the NFL that you would want to take him away. Now, Darius Williams and David Long, the other corners for the Rams going up against T. Higgins, T. Higgins could eat. He's a very, very good player. He's not the best number two receiver in football, but he's certainly a top 10 number two receiver in football. Should have been a Green Bay Packer, by the way. None of this Aaron Rodgers drama happens if instead of trading up for Jordan Love, they stand pat and draft T. Higgins. Different story for a different day, but when you think about great what-ifs in sports, that was just such a simple one. It was such an obvious one that was right there for the taking. But now the Packers find themselves in the situation that they do. But regardless, that's why I think the game is going to go the way of the the Rams. And I don't necessarily even think it's going to be that competitive of a game. It might be lower scoring, but I could see this game being 23-13 Rams. 30-13 Rams. Like I, I think the Rams are a terrible X's and O's matchup for the Bengals. And on the other side, the Rams' offense is really damn good. Now, Sean McVay gets a little conservative. There's no question about that. Matt Stafford can be the reason that you lose a game. 
No question about that. He had three multi-interception games the last three games of the regular season. But in the postseason, who has more interceptions? Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow? Answer Joe Burrow. So it's not – I disagree with – Joe Burrow is the great story. Joe Burrow is, is Joe Cool. Joe Burrow is, you know, America's darling, and he's trying to go for the best three-year run that you could basically have for a young player. Heisman, National Championship, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Like, he's going for a remarkable run. So I get why Joe Burrow is the most talked about player nationally heading into this game. I get why if you were doing a tale of the tape, like this was a UFC fight or a boxing match, and you said, who's got the advantage, you know, uh, Bengals offensive line, Rams defensive line, you'd say Rams defensive line. Who's got the advantage at quarterback, why you would say Joe Burrow over Matt Stafford. But it's not by a lot. Matt Stafford's had a very good season. He had too many interceptions, but he had a very, very good season. And Odell Beckham Jr. is not playing like he was playing when he was in his prime with the Giants, but he's playing better football than he has in the last four seasons. Like, he's gotten very, very good. So it's not just Cooper Cup. Troy Aikman said it on a broadcast few weeks back and it's just stuck with me and it's actually going to be we're going to talk a lot about it on the Parkinson Spiegel show over the offseason for how Ryan Poles should build the Bears but the modern NFL is now you're only as good as your third best pass catcher in terms of if you want to have a high ceiling offense and Cooper Cup is a one about as good as it gets offensive player of the year Odell Beckham as a two who obviously has been a top-five receiver in football, who's playing closer to his prime, is a great number two. And then you add in Van Van Jefferson. It's pretty good in terms of Jefferson's got the speed. He takes the top off the defense. Even if he isn't a blue-chip marquee player, you have to account for him just because of his speed. And that leaves a ton of room underneath an intermediate for Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. to eat. We'll talk more gambling specific a little bit later in the show as we go, but even if you do not care at all about gambling, this is what I say about gambling. It's a market, right? It is where there is an expectation for a game to end up, or in the case of a player prop, for a player to perform. The receiving yardage prop for Cooper Cup with my guys over at Bet Rivers is 105 receiving yards in this game. That means that if he has a 103-yard receiving game, he will have underperformed relative to the market. He's unguardable. And they give him a tremendous amount of volume and a tremendous amount of defensive attention. So I feel like everyone is talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals and Jamar Chase in terms of offensively. Even if more people are picking the Rams to win, don't forget that the Rams offense has the has the personnel to be special. And... I think that that matters a lot when you think about the game. So I personally have some Cooper Cup first touchdown. I've got some Cooper Cup MVP. Uh, I'm not really going to play the over on his yardage prop because it's so damn high in case I'm wrong on Cooper Cup. I'd rather be wrong trying to get paid 7-1 to or 6-1 to on my money than wrong getting paid even money because if Cooper Cup goes over 105 yards, he's going to have an absolutely massive game. Like... And he's going to be in the MVP conversation. So that's where I'm at on Cup. The last time he played the Bengals, it was, you know, 2019, but he had like 200 yards receiving. So I don't think that any team has an answer for him. I certainly don't think the Bengals have an answer for Cooper Cup. And he should get as much attention nationally as Jamar Chase has gotten in the game. 
So I think the matchup is just a terrible one for the Bengals. I think with seven losses this year, they're not that good. I think it took some magic in the AFC Championship game. I think it took a tanking quarterback for the to, for them to win the Titans game. And the Raiders game was a coin flip, and they won it by a touchdown. So I think that is a decent spot for us to kick it off. I want to talk about which of these teams the Bears have a better chance of being. The reports on Aaron Rodgers, just to give you the headline, is that the Packers are willing to do anything for the salary cap to go all in for the next two years for Aaron Rodgers. Basically kick the can down the road um, and follow what the Saints did for Drew Brees for Aaron Rodgers. That should not – I cannot imagine that that is breaking news to Aaron Rodgers, and it certainly shouldn't be to any of us. Of course the Packers messed up with the Jordan Love pick. Of course he just won MVP, so they are going to do anything they can to bring him back. And if Tom Brady actually stays retired, he's the best quarterback in the NFC by far. Second best quarterback in the NFC, Matt Stafford, maybe Russell Wilson, hopefully one day Justin Fields. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, like the gap between Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the NFC is so significant that it would shock me a little bit if he is not back in Green Bay, because I do think that they give him the actual best chance to win. 312-644-6767 is the number. Like I said, on the Parkins Playoff Show, it's the only time today you'll get a chance to weigh in. George in River Grove. Good morning, man. You're on the score. How you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Well, uh, I don't have the slightest idea. Speak to me after the Super Bowl is over, and I'll have a better idea. I like it. You know, okay. The Rams, the Ram, you look at it, and the Rams are like tons the best no matter what. you got two defenders, Miller and uh, and Darnold, that need to, to be double teamed. They have uh, incredible offense. They have, you know, and, and yet this is the year of the Tiger. There are forces at work. They're undefined. You can't describe them, but they're out there. And, you know, if it uh, if the Bengals win, it'll be because of a group of bizarre plays, like uh, a fumble recovery run for 80 yards for a touchdown or a punt return or a, def- a defensive back falls down or something, something. They need every break in the world. They need a bunch of bizarro things to happen. And it could happen, you know, because it is the year of the Tiger. George, I got a question for you on the year of the Tiger. Do you believe then in uh, the LSU Tigers in college this year? Do we believe in the Detroit Tigers in football, uh, in baseball, or is this only a, a Super Bowl year of the Tiger? No, I, I, you know, you look at the game and you say if the Bengals win, it can only be because of the year of the Tiger. That's okay. that's what I'm thinking. Can I okay. mention something? Yeah, can please. I mention one thing for yeah, you, sure. please? Please. Cooper Cup, he won the Triple Crown. He won most catches, most yards, okay, most touchdowns, okay? What could you say about a player that led the league in in yards and touchdowns in the Super Bowl era, but he only needed 47 catches one year and 53 catches the other year to do the same thing that Cooper Cup did with 100 catches? What would you say about that guy? And you don't know who I'm talking about. He's the greatest offensive force in the history of the uh, Super Bowl era. He averaged 23 yards a catch, 22.4 yards per touch. He started 42 games. He had 43 touchdowns. He scored a touchdown one every 3.7 catches. And he he still has the team record for the longest touchdown pass in the history of the Raiders. And you can't name him. All right. Well, dude, give me the answer then. I don't really care. So give me the answer. Warren Wells. Awesome. Fun facts, George. Thank you. That's George in River Grove. I appreciate him prepping the call, but I mean, my God, I don't know that that's necessarily relevant to today's big game or the Super Bowl, but I always appreciate the history lesson. Cooper Cup's season was ridiculous. Led the league in targets, led the league in catches, led the league in yards, led the league in touchdowns. Got an MVP vote. Averaged 115 receiving yards per game. 16 touchdowns in the regular season. So far in the postseason, he leads uh, all receivers in targets, in yards. He does not have the most touchdowns. That would actually be Gabriel Davis because of his ridiculous game uh, for the Bills. 
but he is second with four touchdowns so far in the postseason. And he's averaging a whopping 129 receiving yards per game in the playoffs. So when you think about those numbers, his player prop of 105, actually not that ridiculous. Which of these teams resembles more of the Bears for me? More of your calls. Ben Heisler from Betsided in 20 minutes. It's the Parkins playoff show on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Yeah, you got to take advantage of your opportunities when you get there. You know, you see guys who go an entire career without ever, ever even getting to the Super Bowl. So, you know, when you do get there, you really have to, you know, hunker down and take advantage of those opportunities. And you know, I think... We have the team that's capable of doing that. We've have a really good week of practice and, you know, excited to iron some things out next week in practice. And you know, I think we're doing a great job of eliminating the distractions that come with the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's just going to get heavier when we get to L.A. But you know, I think we have the guys that are capable of doing it. That's Joe Burrow. I think the idea of home field is a little overstated. Obviously, it has nothing to do with the crowd because the Rams don't have fans and home fans don't get tickets allocated anyway. They slept in a hotel that they sleep in during the regular season anyway. Like I think I, some things a lot of people don't know that, but like when the Bears play at Soldier Field, they don't sleep in their home in like the city or Lake Forest or wherever the players live. They don't sleep in their homes the night before the game. They sleep in a hotel. So the Rams are sleeping in the same hotel that they sleep in for regular season games. And if you think that that gives them some sort of huge advantage, fine. But I tend to think that that is overstated. There's no jet lag here. The Bengals have been in L.A. since Thursday morning. So plenty of time to acclimate to the two-hour time zone or three-hour time zone change. So, you know, I don't – I personally don't think home field advantage is much of a factor in this game. It's a storyline, but I don't look at it as the type of thing that would impact uh, how I'm going to be playing the game. I think it could matter for the kicking props and the kicking market, and both these coaches like points and uh, pretty conservative when it comes to taking the points and whether to go for it on fourth down. They don't go for it on fourth down a tremendous amount. Should be the Could be the hottest Super Bowl uh, in history. It's supposed to be in the, in the low 80s, I believe. Obviously, ideal kicking conditions at SoFi. So those types of things maybe impact uh, how you see the game, but I don't think home field advantage is much of a storyline other than a media narrative one. But the when I watch these teams and I think about these teams and I'm thinking, all right, which path is it more likely for the Bears to replicate to get to a Super Bowl? There's no question it's the Bengals. Because the Rams, the Rams were there four years ago. They've got the superstar coach who's got his own coaching tree now all over the NFL. And they trade away first-round picks 
routinely in order to bring in Jalen Ramsey, in order to bring in Matt Stafford. Like, they have the future first ballot Hall of Famer in Aaron Donald, and they've been trying to get him a ring, and they've been operating as if their window is as open as Aaron Donald's prime is. And now there's these reports that Sean McVay might be considering retiring and going into television, which we can get into a little bit later on, but just know it's an easier life. Like Sean McVay could probably make $10 million in television annually. I don't know if he makes that much to coach the Rams. He's probably pretty close, but I guarantee you one job is a hell of a lot more stressful than the other. And there's a lot more time off in TV than there is coaching the NFL. So if he's got that work-life balance thing uh, figured out and he wants to go the John Gruden route and become a TV celebrity and then maybe go back and coach when his kids are older or something, not that he's even married yet, but uh, maybe he's going to do that and maybe that shortens the timetable for the Rams. But the Rams are all in to win every year. Whereas the Bengals, they got a young roster. They've got an unproven coach. But they got a quarterback who changed the culture of everything. And that's exactly what we're hoping that Justin Fields is here. Now, don't get it twisted. Justin Fields is a very good prospect. But he's nowhere near the prospect that Joe Burrow is. If, Joe, if Justin Fields was in this year's draft, I guess he'd have a shot at being the number one pick just because quarterbacks get overdrafted and there is not a very good quarterback class this upcoming year. But Justin Fields was the fourth quarterback taken and the 11th pick in his draft, whereas Joe Burrow was Heisman Trophy National Champion consensus first overall pick, led one of the greatest college football teams we've seen in the last 20 years. So, but what Joe Burrow has done for the Bengals is what Justin Fields can do if he's the guy for the Bears. He can change everything. He can make, like, Joe Burrow makes it so that Zach Taylor is like, eh, he might be okay. Joe Burrow makes it so, like, eh, the offensive line stinks. Eh, whatever, it'll be fine. Oh, the average football fan can't name a single member of the Bengals' defense? Doesn't matter. They got Joe Burrow. Like It's looking like that's where Joe Burrow is going in his NFL career. And in terms of all of the intangibles that all football coaches and football people love to tell you about, and I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. It does. But culture, chemistry, attitude, swagger, like the things that are not measured at a combine in a 40-time or a bench press, Joe Burrow is one of the best, if not the best, in the entire league. Jamar Chase like speaks about Joe Burrow like he is a god. He literally said, Joe's like a god to me. There was a story that he went to Cincinnati and went door-to-door on Joe Burrow's street and tried to buy houses on his block because he just wanted to live by Joe Burrow. They're obviously tight from their LSU days and going back to college. Like, You listen to these Joe Burrow interviews after the games throughout the postseason, and there's inevitably some conversation of like, how surprised are you? Can you believe it? And he's always like, yeah, of course I can believe it. No, I'm not surprised. Like, He does not have a starstruck, wide-eyed attitude about this at all. Before the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead, he said that there's no NFL stadium louder uh, than stadiums in the the SEC. And even if what he's saying makes sense because there's 100,000-person stadiums in the SEC and not in the NFL, still a hell of a thing to say before you go into the first or second loudest stadium in the NFL in the AFC Championship game on the road. Like He does not give a damn. He has that natural coolness, that swagger, that leadership where he leads everyone else as follows. And don't you feel like Justin Fields has some of that? Justin Fields is smart. Justin Fields throws the ball down the field. And Justin Fields is cool. Like for lack of a better way to describe it.
You just know cool when you see it. I know cool because I'm not it. I know I'm not cool. I'm okay with that. I know people who think they're cool that are pretending to be cool. They litter my industry. Joe Burrow is cool. He's got swag. He's got style. He's got confidence. He knows how to handle himself in public. He knows how to handle himself on the field. They've got comeback victories. He doesn't get rattled by playing on the road. He doesn't get rattled by being in Arrowhead, down three touchdowns in the AFC Championship game with a half a football left. Like, he wears those weird pink sunglasses that I would kill to be able to pull off. Like, he ju- he's cool. And Justin Fields is too. The Bengals were the bungles for forever. And then Joe Burrow got there and it changed everything. And the Bears have been chasing 1985 since then, even with the Super Bowl, with Lovey and Devin Hester. Obviously, if they would have won it, it would have been a different thing, but we knew it wasn't sustainable because the only way to have sustained success in the NFL is to have the quarterback. And the Bears could conceivably be the Bengals. There's not really a path for the Bears to be the Rams because they got a first-year general manager and we have no idea if Matt Eberflus is, is special. Like, you could make the Khalil Mack is Aaron Donald's corollary. You could make that argument. Khalil Mack will be a Hall of Famer. Aaron Donald's a Hall of Famer trying to win while you're still within Khalil Mack's prime. But the rest of the Bears are nowhere close to the rest of the Rams. And the Bears just hired a new general manager in Ryan Poles, and he doesn't even have a first-round pick this year. Like, Ryan Poles is not going to come in and just start trading – you know, trade this year's second round pick, trade next year's first round pick. Like, he, he's not going to do that. It's going to be more of a slow build. Now, when the Bears are ready to be contender, like, let's say Justin Fields is legit, and he, by the end of next season, we're like, damn, Justin Fields is going to be the guy for the next 10 years. I feel like we can win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. You're going to want to approach that window of contention like the Rams are approaching it. But remember, the Rams are also doing it for two different reasons. They did it to get elite positions. They traded first-round picks to get cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, the second most important position in football, and they traded first-round picks to get quarterback, Matt Stafford, most important position in football, and Matt Stafford's 34 years old. So they maybe don't look at it like, We've got a six-year window here. They're playing it like we've got Aaron Donald's prime. Who knows how long Sean McVay's doing it. Our quarterback's already in his mid-30s. Screw these late first-round draft picks. We're going for it now. The Bears are so far away from being able to operate like the Rams. Like I hope other teams operate like the Rams. Like I think the Chiefs should think about operating like the Rams. I think the Bills should maybe think about operating like the Rams. And they've got younger quarterbacks, so maybe it's not the the perfect comparison, but like teams who are firmly in their window, the 30th overall pick is not as valuable as a bona fide proven star. So those teams should do that. Bears are far from that. The hope is, is that by this time next year, obviously we'd love for the Bears to be in the Super Bowl like the Bengals are, but we're talking about the Bears having their Joe Burrow their culture changer, their leader, their cool guy for everyone to follow and believe in. So of these two teams, who are the Bears more likely to become? No question about it. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. My man Ben Heisler has been killing it over at BetSided this year. Player props, sides, DFS. He's got everything you need to know on the market for Super Bowl 56. Ben Heisler before Nick Wright coming up on the score. They're a group that, that's playing in the Super Bowl, so um, you got to respect that. You know, they got there for a reason. So um, we're going to just go out there, and, and I, I trust with the players we got um, against the players they got, and we're going to go out there and do what we got to do to try to find a way um, to win a game. So um, that's what it come down to, trying to play for four quarters and trying to dominate. That's Aaron Donald, a very popular bet for Super Bowl MVP. I think I saw him as low as 11 to 1 last time I checked. We'll talk to Nick Wright from, I see him at 14 to 1 still at some spots, uh, 
from Fox Sports 1, First Things First, in 20 minutes. But joining me now, the managing editor over at BetSided. He's all over everything Super Bowl 56. He's a Chicagoan. He's my friend, and he should be yours. He's Ben Heisler. What's up, Heis? Parkins, how the hell are you, man? Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday uh, to you and yours and all who celebrate. I should mention Heisler is on the Circa Resort and Casino hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I wish I was at Circa right now at Stadium Swim uh, in a cabana, dipping my toes in the pool, getting ready to watch this game. But Heis, we'll just start broad and work our way down into some specifics. Side and total, the Rams minus four, minus four and a half, total 48 and a half, 49, depending on when you're, where you're shopping. What do you like side and total? Yeah, I've been on the Rams at minus four, and I've been on the under at 49, still at 48 and a half. I feel like that's the smart play. Rams are going to start fast in this game. That's been something that they've done consistently throughout the postseason. Bengals have also been a second-half team throughout the entirety of the postseason. I can see and envision a scenario where the Rams get off to the start that they want. They've been outstanding in scripted plays. Opening drives have been really solid for them. And the Bengals have been a team of adjustments. And it kind of leads to that feeling, Danny, of Rams start off big, maybe get a little bit too comfortable, and Cincinnati starts to work their way back to the point where they have a chance to win the game. I just don't know if it's going to be close enough to that minus four. So it's going to be a game in which you're going to see some back and forth. I just think these two teams are going to try and slow down some of these possessions to hold off the pass rush. In particular, if you're a team like Cincinnati that needs to protect Joe Burrow at all costs, knowing what type of front four is coming at you, your best bet is to try and run the ball, keep time of possession, and I just don't know if that's going to work out the entirety of the game. So I like the Rams 26-20. I think they cover, and I like the under to hang on by just a, a couple of points in this matchup. All right, so you see it as being a close game. I don't know if the if the Bengals can run against the Rams, and I don't know if the Rams can run against the Bengals. Like I, I don't really expect either team to have a lot of success on the ground, do you? I think Mixon's going to be involved. Probably I, I like him better as a, as a receiving prop, which I, I think I saw at around 25 and a half the last time I checked. But uh, I'm fading his under on rushing yards at 63 and a half. They're, they're going to try to get him involved in the first half. But I think the Rams expect that. And I think when they're back in shotgun, uh, Aaron Donald is going to have himself an opportunity to really rush it. I, you were talking about some of his numbers before I came on. Uh, he's down to 8-1 to one at several offshore books. And sometimes those tend to be a little bit more faster movers than the sports books that are available in the U.S. just because there's more movement there initially and sometimes some of the other sports books adjust. So and if you're looking at another play outside of Donald, maybe Leonard Floyd, who's second on the team in sacks this year, at some point you're going to have to account for Donald. You're going to have to account for Von Miller. Maybe that opens up some lanes for, for Floyd. But I, I'm with you there. I think it's going to be a struggle for the run game, but I don't think it's going to be due to lack of opportunity. Both of these coaches kind of come from that same tree where they kind of like to establish the run, and then they get conservative late. Uh, so somebody like Sean McVay, if he's hanging on to a lead, he's not going to be afraid to try and run Cam Akers, but I just don't know if he's going to get to that 63-and-a-half either. Ben Heisler from Betsided is our guest do you have a player prop that you love like if you had to give out some uh, an advice right now and say this is the bet to make for player props what is it i've been all over joe burrows over on rushing yards just because of, of two different things in particular the first is that i think there's a misconception about burrow that he doesn't like to run uh, but in the first half of the season he was still recovering from a fairly serious knee injury right like the torn acl MCL had an injury to the PCL as well. The, the narrative coming in at the start of the season was he's not sure whether or not he trusts his body yet. He's got to get himself back and playing. And he just didn't run all that much in the first portion of the season. Second half, he started to take a, lot, a few more chances. And then there was an article that came out from Peter King that talked about how Burrow went to Zach Taylor midway through that game against Kansas City and said, they're, they're giving me some open lanes to be able to take off and run. And think about all those times that Burrow was able to extend on third down. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to get away from Aaron Donald, but if the right defensive look comes in and they're not in zone, I think Burrow's going to take off knowing that he has the ability to rush. Go back to the, the LSU championship game. Burrow was the only other quarterback besides Vince Young to have 250 passing yards, 
50 rushing yards and a touchdown, and he did that in the first half. So he's comfortable with running and knowing the pass rush that's likely coming after him, he's going to have to run to extend plays and extend drives. So I think the over on 11 and a half, uh, it's juiced up to minus 125, but I, I think for a popular bet, uh, that doesn't seem to be particularly high for me. So I'm very much an advocate of going over on his rushing yards today. Shop it around, too. Site that I'm looking no at doubt. right now has it at plus 100. So even money. Excellent. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that line shopping, man, in the age of legalized sports betting. And I know you're based out of Kansas City right now and they haven't legalized <laughs> there yet. But line shopping, I'm a Bet Rivers guy, but they, they understand that sometimes you're going to find some better value in other places. Like, the key here is find the best number. It is worth the extra 90 seconds uh, to look around at some other places where you have accounts. The MVP market, Heiss, I don't see a scenario, a single one, where the Bengals win the game and Joe Burrow isn't the MVP. So when everyone's talking about, well, Bengals' money line is so popular, why not just bet Joe Burrow MVP if you like Cincinnati? Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And Burrow is going to have to get everybody involved um, if they're going to be successful. And you're, you're trying to imagine a scenario in which Joe Burrow doesn't win MVP, but somebody on the Bengals goes off. A couple of ones that I can think of, because I, I think the, the likely matchup of Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey is going to happen. The only other way it doesn't is, let's say he shadows T. Higgins, who might be just as much of an outside threat as Chase because of his breakaway speed. Um, and then they just double coverage. Uh, they just put double coverage on Chase, and, and maybe Tyler Boyd eats in the middle of the field. But I, I just don't envision that scenario. I, I think if you're the Rams, you want your best corner on the best receiver and the guy that can break away in that game, and that's Jamar Chase. So. T. Higgins at plus, you know, 5,000 is intriguing to me. Um, he was dominant in the game against Kansas City, went for over 100 yards, um, especially if it's going to be single coverage. He can win those matchups um, against the Rams. So he's in play for me. Like, I, I put a little bit down on him at 50-1. to 1. Boyd is also interesting at 100-1 to 1 just because I think he's going to get fed the ball. Um, and the last wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP was a slot guy in Julian Edelman. He did that three years ago. Despite not scoring a touchdown, he had 10 receptions for, I think, 143 yards. Um, and it was a defensive-oriented game. So I think you can sort of build a narrative that way, too. If it's going to be like a 20-17 to 17 game and Tyler Boyd has an absurd amount, number of catches and everybody else is just kind of mediocre, then it sets up that way as well. But, yeah, if you're looking for a Bengals play, if you expect them to win, uh, Burrow makes a ton of sense in that avenue. I agree with you. Yeah, well, I just look at it like, so you mentioned the AFC Championship game. T. Higgins yeah. was good. He had six catches for 103 yards, but Burrow was 23 of 38 for 250 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Like, if the AFC Championship game was the Super Bowl, or if the AFC Championship game awarded an MVP, Burrow would have been the MVP of that game, right? Of course. But in a similar situation, if, if we're trying to sort of present the argument for, okay, let, let's say Burrow's okay. Let's say he's 17 of, of 26 for maybe uh, 250 yards, couple of touchdowns, but both those touchdowns go to Higgins uh, or Tyler Boyd ends up catching, you know, 11 catches for 140 yards um, in, a, in a low scoring game. I mean, listen, if, if Burrow throws for you know, more than three touchdowns or even maybe two uh, but he's in control of the game. He's not running for his life. Somehow he's the reason that you win. Then it's a very difficult reason to go ahead and go against it. But if it's just slow and defensive-minded and it's like 17-14 final, but the player that stands out is one of those wide receivers just because they have a big game and don't get to the touchdown, there's precedent there. So it's not, a, it's not an end-all, be-all. It's the safer bet for sure if you like the Cincinnati side. But I do think you can make an argument for a couple other options outside of, say, Joe Burrow. Wow. Okay. Uh, what about on the Rams side? So you said you, you like the Rams in the game, but you're sprinkling I some do. long shot uh, Bengal MVP tickets. Do, do you have a non-Matt Stafford Ram MVP price that you like right now? Yeah. If you can find Aaron Donald, it, it's still 16-1. to he's, he's gone down to 8-1 and at some books. Um, I think you mentioned that he was available at maybe 13 to one or 14 to one. I've got it a just 14 to one on my board right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think that's value for, for somebody like him who can absolutely take over a game. Um, and Sean McVay and, and the rest of the defense, they're, they're going to move him around. It's not a good Bengals offensive line. 
even if he doesn't get home more than you know one or two times in that game, the, the, the voting aspect of him is going to be because he helped generate a lot of the different pressure. If you want to back off of that, you know, Von Miller was the last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP back in Super Bowl 50. Uh, he's been great since coming over to the round side, has five and a half sacks since they traded for him. Leonard Floyd was second on the team. He's 125 to one at several different sports books. Um, I, I just think you have to find the difference makers on the, on the defensive side of the ball. We know Donald is one of them. Miller has precedent for doing it before in the past. Um, and then somebody like Floyd, who at some point you have to account for him, but knowing that Donald is going to be the guy that they try to, to take the pressure off of Joe Burrow, I, I think Leonard Floyd has a chance to run free and, and make a difference in this game as well. Ben Heisler of BetSided is our guest. Follow him on Twitter, at Benny Heiss. You got any kicking bets? <laughs> I, I don't have any kicking bets. I know that Ian McMillan, one of our awesome uh, senior editors over at BetSided, is big on the over three-and-a-half total field goals, which makes sense because McVay in fourth-down situations has been more conservative than you would think for a 36-year-old head coach in that situation. Now he punts a lot on, on fourth and short. Um, and especially in the second half, I, I think somebody like McVay is going to go for the points. Uh, conversely, you have a ton of confidence in Evan McPherson on the other side of the ball. If the Bengals are in the red zone and they don't think that they're in a situation where they have to go for it, uh, they're going to rely on their steady kicker that maybe you could have made an argument was the MVP for some of those playoff games as well. So I, I think the over in that spot actually makes a bunch of sense at, plus, at, uh, at three and a half. First Bengals kickoff for a touchback is a bet that I have placed. I, so. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I, 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 this is I, the I, day I, to make those bets, Danny. This is 100% the time and place to go ahead and find whatever edge you can find in the prop betting market. Well, see, the other thing is, like, you, you, so you like the Rams, but you bet Bengals for MVP in some spots. And that is a more, even though they were long shots, like, you're like the guy who goes up to the roulette table and spreads your money around on like 10 numbers. Like it gives you a better chance of hitting, but you obviously can only hit one and you'll lose some of the others. It's a more reasonable way to do it. Last year, Heist, I correlated 13 bets on a convincing Chiefs win, and I went 0 for 13. Uh <laughs> And I, 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 I'm doing it again. Like, like I, I have Rams to win both halves. I have Rams to win by ten or more. I have some exact scores on some uh, blowout for the Rams. I've got some Cooper Cup first touchdown, some Cooper Cup MVP. Like, I, I got a lot of Rams correlated bets. So if this is like a, if this is a high scoring Bengals win, your boys had some problems. Do, do, so you do not advise correlating all bets. I imagine. I- I think the Super Bowl just sort of sets up for however you see the narrative going. I, at the beginning of, of two weeks ago, and, and I think it, it's sort of like you know Hall of Fame voting in a, you know in a sense, like all right, first time there's no way this guy's a Hall of Famer, and then all of a sudden year seven, year eight rolls around. Well, maybe there's an argument despite the fact that they haven't played any games over the course of those seven eight years. Like you learn a little bit more, you try to see whether or not you're you're too. I don't want to call it narrow-minded because there's you have conviction here, and I trust your conviction. That was my conviction at the beginning of the week. I thought the Rams would blow them out because Burrow wouldn't have any time to throw. And the more that I've gotten a little bit more information, the more that I've talked to those that have covered the Bengals, uh, they, they get a sense that this is a second-half team, and the Rams have had issues in continuing to keep the foot on the gas pedal throughout the entirety of the regular season. So my narrative and my perspective on this game has gone from Rams beat the hell out of them to the Rams beat up on them in the first half. Cincinnati continues to fight back and chip away, making this a little bit closer than I initially anticipated. And that's led me more towards some of the long shots, at least on the Bengals. Side. Like, I'm not betting the Rams minus four and then Joe Burrow for MVP, but if yeah. you're giving me, you know, T Higgins at 50 to one or Tyler Boyd at a hundred to one, um, then I, I, I think that's a, a reasonable place to land. Okay. Anything else that we didn't cover that uh, you think people should uh, should know or bet on? Like I said, I, I, I like the under in the game. I also like the first half under, even though I expect the Rams to be fairly aggressive and take some shots. Um, but even if it's, say, 16-7, to 7, uh, that still hits on the first half under at 23-and-a-half. 
Um, T. Higgins, again, we talked about him. Uh, there's some odds where you can get him at the longest reception of 30-plus of yards. He's going to be a big air yards factor in this game. You can get that uh, anywhere between plus 180 and plus 200. Um, and then also, I like Kendall Blanton, uh, the backup tight end for the L.A. Rams, to score a touchdown anytime. Uh, Tyler Higby, always a big guy in the red zone. Blanton is a super athletic tight end, big physical target that Stafford can find fairly easily in the middle of the field. Uh, I saw him at plus 230. That's why I ended up booking him at. But uh, you might find him anywhere up to plus 300 at whatever sports book that you're looking at. So Kendall Blanton getting himself into the end zone today. That's, that's another one that I like. There's my guy, Ben Heisler, over at BetSided. Follow him on Twitter at Benny Heis. Heis, thanks, man. Enjoy the game. You as well, buddy. Take care. Thank you. That's Ben Heisler from BetSided. Coming up next, he's just a television star. He's a gambler. And he's a depressed Chiefs fan. He is Nick Wright. First things first, Fox Sports 1, my best friend, Nick Wright, next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.